You are listening to Audio Drama in a Darker Shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Darker Projects welcomes you to Quantum Retribution. Once you enter, you may never escape. To a precious few it was a paradise. A haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others, it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lotherman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff work to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. For how long? Last on Quantum Retribution. Only the strongest and smartest, someone with the ability to think on their feet, will become the new Senior Leaper. Only someone who, when dropped into a situation with nothing, can take that nothing and turn it into success, not just once, but every time, is worthy of attaining the rank of Senior Leaper. Yet, for the person striving for the right to step into Dr. Malvison's boots, strength and smarts aren't enough. The Senior Leaper is cunning, able to blend so seamlessly into the situation that he or she becomes invisible in plain view. You must be charming able to lie with such consummate ease as to make the lie more believable, more true than the truth. Willing to sacrifice anything and everything, anyone, to serve Lothos. There will be three challenges. The first two challenges for each of you will be identical in theme. The last challenge, however, will be unique for each of you. Deception is one of the primary methods of achieving success in a leap, so the first challenge is this. Each of you will be leaped into someone within this complex who is not part of the Leaper community. Once you have replaced that person in their life, you will be informed by Lothos through your implants of something in that person's life which you are to alter by deceiving those around them in order to destroy that person's credibility. Utterly. The more despicable or devious the deception, the greater the personal loss you cause them, the better you will score. Lothos will determine when, or if, you achieve the challenge. When he returns you to the acceleration chamber, the challenge is complete, and you will return here immediately. Go.
One truth that all who lived in the complex learned, and learned quickly, whether brought in from the outside or born there, was that they belonged to Lothos. However they came to be on the island, voluntarily or otherwise, the instant they stepped foot onto the island, every person became Lothos's property, to do with as he saw fit, whenever he wanted to do it, regardless of how it affected their personal lives. Never once, not for so much as a moment, had the vaguest compunction or qualm bothered the quasi-living hybrid supercomputer about using any item of his human property as guinea pigs. Any pain they suffered meant nothing to Lothos. His people, his property, lived, or rather were permitted to live, to serve him. If they died or were killed, so be it. Even at this early evening hour, level 10 was busy with leapers and instructors. It didn't matter how many people came up to her, or called out to her. Hey, Johanna, wait up. Johanna didn't even look at them. Like her competition marching beside her, she just kept moving, forcing her way through the crowd. Right now, the only thing that mattered was that she had a chance at the position any leaper with even an inkling of ambition would give or do anything to attain, and she had no intention of risking anything that might take this chance from her. Hurting the feelings of a few people didn't even rate a second thought. Royden, please enter the accelerator chamber and take your position on the center pad. As it was for all leapers at her level, it was a familiar routine, and Lothos noted Joanna's relaxed attitude while remaining intently focused and acutely aware of all around her at the same time. Only when she became still did Lothos speak to her through the implants in her ears. You will not have an observer. I will observe and determine when you have completed this challenge. You will be leaped into one of the senior high school instructors. Your challenge is to ruin the educational reputation of the top honors student in the present graduating class. You have four hours. When that time is up, whether you have achieved your goal or not, you will be retrieved. If you achieve your goal in less than the allotted time, you will be retrieved earlier. In less time than it had taken Lothos to make his comments to her, Joanna Royden vanished from the chamber. When the sensation of movement of energy over and through her body had ceased, Joanna blinked a couple of times to focus her eyes and looked around to see that she was standing in a room with students looking up at her. Excuse me, what was I saying? I got off track. You mean to tell me that no one was paying attention to what I was saying? Is that it? No. Paul Revere was one of the famous Americans, but the cutest is up at the board telling us about American history, something that we don't need to know about. Tell me, Mr. Andrews, do you always write about your advanced American history instructor instead of notes about the famous people in history? Why do you think that we study it, hmm? To learn from it. But judging by this, it's obvious to me that you don't want to learn. So get out. I said, get out of this classroom, Mr. Andrews. 
What for? Get out. No. If that's how you want it to be, Mr. Andrews, that's fine with me. However, you will take a competency test over the whole course, and if you pass it, whoop-de-doo. If you don't, you fail and will receive a failing grade for the year. You've got to be kidding. Do you really think I'm joking, Mr. Andrews? Do I look like I'm joking? All right, then. Come up here, Mr. Andrews. Why? Since you obviously think you know all you need to know. I never said that. It's just... And are so hot to trot. You're going to take the final exam right now, and since you know everything you need to know, pass the class, get the credit, and leave. The rest of you, open your books to Chapter 1 and begin reading. Mr. Andrews, please come up here and sit at the desk beside mine. No talking. For a nanosecond, Joanna's most basic sense of decency began to squirm within her. Ruthlessly, she squashed it, dismissing it without another qualm and instead focusing on the student before her as he began to splutter. But, but this is the first class of the year. I haven't even opened the book yet. You're nuts. The only thing Benjamin's outburst got him was the angry teacher marching to where he sat, then being grabbed and practically dragged to the front of the room where he was shoved into the seat at a smaller desk beside hers. The sight of her cold gaze fixed on him brought two thoughts to the fore in his mind. For a moment, Benjamin watched and listened to the teacher snapping at the rest of the class, noticing how each of his classmates hastily opened the advanced American history textbook before them and crawled as far inside them as they possibly could. Silence of such intensity settled over the classroom that the young man was certain that if he concentrated hard enough, he could have heard an imp giggle in hell. What kind of horse did Paul Revere ride? Who cares what kind of horse he rode? Frustrated for at least a minute, Benjamin avoided it looking at the grey exam folder laying open before him on the desk. As he did so, something on the floor caught his attention. Knowing better than to be obvious in his curiosity, he turned his head ever so slightly, trying to get a better look, then... There is a god! Benjamin Andrews' exaltation was due to an answer scantron lying near his right foot and positioned in such a way as to make it easy to read. The next hour was the most nerve-wracking hour of the young man's life as he strove not to get caught literally cheating on a test while sitting less than three feet to the left of the teacher. Never in all of his almost 18 years was Ben more relieved to hear the bell ring, signalling the end of the class. Standing up, Benjamin placed the six-page final examination on the corner of Mrs. Summerlin's desk, then turned to leave. However, he had taken only a single step away when the teacher turned loose on him. Mr. Andrews, where do you think you're headed? And the rest of you, did I say that you were dismissed? Well, class is over, and... Oh no, not for you, Mr. Andrews. You're going to sit back down in that chair, and I'm going to grade this right here, right now. Let me get the Scantron to grade it. What's this? Now how did this answer Scantron wind up on the floor? It must have slipped off my desk. For a moment there, I thought you had cheated, Mr. Andrews. Here's the one I need. Sit down, Mr. Andrews. This will only take a few moments. Barely five minutes later, Joanna put down the red grading pencil and picked up Benjamin's examination scantron and held it up to show him how fatally his test was... bleeding. You didn't just fail, Mr. Andrews. You failed miserably. Not only in my class, but also in your respect for a teacher. You did not pay attention in class. You wrote snide remarks on your notes, and then were rude and insubordinate. Then... wait a minute. And now, with this particular Scantron, placed side by side with your test Scantron, 
Something else is quite clear. You cheated on this test, Mr. Andrews, thinking that this scantron was the answer key for the final exam. But... No buts, Mr. Andrews. You were disrespectful, insubordinate, and then you cheated to get your credits for a class. You are not worthy of going to a college of any stature. I think that you are more ready to go to the technical classes here in the complex to train for perhaps a janitorial position. At least there they can teach you respect, subordination, and truthfulness. You've completed this course as far as I am concerned, and you have failed miserably, Mr. Andrews. Now take your failure and get out of this room and don't come back. Are you hard of hearing as well as a cheat, Mr. Andrews? I said get out of my classroom. When Benjamin didn't move fast enough to suit Joanna, she grabbed him by one arm and physically hauled and dragged him to the door, shoving him into the hole so forcefully that he stumbled and fell. Please, don't do this. I need this class to graduate. Class dismissed. Get out. Miss Summerlin, please. God, this is going to kill Mom and Dad. Oh, God, what's he going to do when he finds out? Inside the classroom, Joanna sat waiting for the next class to come. As she waited, she read the notes about the test, chuckling softly at the answer to the Paul Revere question. (laughs) A stallion. When, after several minutes, another class of students did not appear, Joanna went to the door. Opening it, she saw Benjamin Andrews still sitting on the floor looking absolutely pathetic. The teenager wasn't sure how long he'd sat there, staring at the classroom door. But when the door of the classroom did finally open, he looked up at the teacher and realized that it would have been far better if he had just gotten up and gone to his next class, and then, ultimately, home to get the beating that there was no doubt he was going to get. Skipping class two now, huh? We sure are being Mr. Scholastic today, aren't we? The pleading expression on the boy's face made it that much easier for Joanna to add to his misery and, hopefully, earned her more points for this first part of the competition. Let me go get one of those referrals and list down all the errors that your parents, the principal, and Lothos will want on file. Let's see here. Name, Benjamin Andrews. Grade 12. Problems, insubordination, disrespectfulness, cheating on test, and now truancy. Did I miss anything, Mr. Andrews? Why are you doing this to me, Miss Summerlin? The response Benjamin got from the teacher was the coldest stare he had ever encountered. The truth in it as cold as Anne Summerlin's grey-green eyes. It was a stare that put the finish to the fast-fraying hope to which he'd clung that all of this had been some colossal and cruel joke. Getting to his feet, Benjamin gathered his books and notebooks and turned to leave. His surprise, no, his rather total and absolute shock, knew no bounds when he felt a hand on his shoulder. But that wasn't the worst of it. That came when he turned around to find Miss Summerlin standing behind him. What? At almost eighteen, Ben knew what the coy look in Anne Summerlin's eyes meant. But seeing that look on the teacher's face as she stood beside him made his stomach turn even as every instinct in him shrieked, RUN! Get away from me! Why am I doing this to you, Benjamin? Because I was told to do it, and because doing this is going to help me become the next senior leaper. Standing there watching the fleeing teenager who had the misfortune to end up in the crosshairs of her determination to become the highest-ranked leaper serving Lothos, a thought occurred to Joanna and she acted upon it. Returning into the classroom, Joanna closed the doors, then deliberately slapped her face as hard as she could, the stinging slap making her eyes water. 
Wincing as she gingerly touched her cheek with her left hand, Joanna exited the classroom again and walked to the principal's office. Good evening, Miss Summerlin. How... Anne? What happened? Uh... I'd, I'd like to speak with... Mr. Carter. M- Mr. Carter. Oh, of course. Excuse me, Mr. Carter. Yes, Mrs. Abernathy. What is it? It's Miss Summerlin, sir. She needs to speak with you on an urgent matter. Shall I show her in? Show her in. Come in, Miss Summerlin. Miss Summerlin, Anne, here, come and sit down. Now, what happened? He, he, he hit me. Could I have a glass of water, please? I'll get it. Here you are, dear. Thank you. Here's a tissue, dear. Thank you. Now, Anne, tell me. Exactly who was it that hit you? It was a student. One of the boys in my class. A student? Which one? Well, I... He's never done anything like this before, Mr. Carter. And I don't want to get him into trouble. He did that to himself when he hit you. Now, what is his name, Anne? It was Benjamin Andrews. Joanna played it to the hilt, sipping the water, dabbing her eyes and sniffing as she talked, her tone shaky. She recited with just enough detail Benjamin Andrews' list of sins, ending that list with how, when she had tried to talk to him after class, he'd slapped her and ran away. Listening to the principal's angry reaction, Joanna knew they believed her. Just a moment while I pull up his record. Here it is, Benjamin Andrews. All right, Ann, I'll take care of this. Now, I want you to go home and try to put this unfortunate happenstance out of your mind. Get a good night's sleep, and I'll see you in the morning. Yes, sir. Mr. Carter? Yes? Please don't be too hard on him. Uh, I'm sure... I'm going to go talk to his parents about this. Lothos, of course, saw and heard everything that Mr. Andrews has done. Don't concern yourself, Anne. Mr. Andrews will get only what is rightfully coming to him for his actions from Lothos, as well as, I have no doubt, from his parents. Good night, Anne. Try and have a good evening. Yes, sir. And thank you again. Good night, Mr. Carter. Good night, Anne. See you in the morning. Good night, Mrs. Abernathy. Lothos had, of course, recorded every second of the interaction between Joanna Royden and Benjamin Andrews, her meeting with the principal, the visual audio record added to her Leaper record. As she stepped outside the principal's office door and headed down the hall, Lothos sensed the subtle change in history that marked the successful end of her first test. The challenge is completed. As he spoke, Lothos retrieved Joanna in that same instant. He watched the determined Leaper march out of the accelerator chamber number one after regaining her balance not uttering a word as she returned to the lecture hall.
When he had exited the lecture hall, Vaughan had close marched right behind Joanna to the elevator and, thereafter, the accelerator chambers on level 13. He'd noticed that she at least gave people the benefit of a look but never spoke to them. They didn't even get that from him. In fact, he didn't acknowledge their presence around him. His focus was solely on his objective. The first key word toward that goal was deception. Upon entering accelerator chamber number three, he obeyed the technician's directions. Enter the chamber and take your position, sir. Countdown sequence beginning. Ignition By this point in his career as a leaper, Vaughan had experienced leaping on several occasions. Now, in the same manner that every leap began, the unique sensation of the power flow enveloped him. As that feeling began to permeate the atoms of his body, Vaughan Ricard's last thought as the red flash engulfed him and he leaped was, This is the first step to being senior leaper. When at last Vaughan opened his eyes again, he noticed immediately that he was naked in bed in a low-lit bedroom. What the hell? Turning his head to look around, Vaughan got a rude awakening. He was in bed with a man. Oh, that's just frackin' great. <sighs> okay, okay. It's just a challenge. Besides, the first rule of any leap is to be prepared for the unexpected when leaping in. Glancing at the bare-chested man lounging under the sheet beside him, the Leaper blocked everything from his thoughts, except for doing whatever was necessary to deceive and thereby destroy somebody's life. So, first things first. Um, who are you? Hmm, who am I? Nathan, quit playing around. I mean, you certainly knew my name a little while ago when you got here. Nathan, why are you pulling away from me? What's going on? We finally get together, and now you're rethinking. Is that it? Nathan. That's me. What? You can't take a little teasing? <laughs> you never heard of 20 questions? What? Come on, baby. Humor me. Play the game. Now, who are you? Oh. Okay. I like games. So, who am I? Well, I'm someone who's terribly attracted to you. But if you mean my name, my name is Charles Allen Denny. Someone who cares a great deal about you, Nathan. Nice to meet you, Charles Allen Denny. Likewise. Glancing around and beyond Mr. Denny, Vaughan caught sight of a framed picture on the bedside table behind his companion. It was a photograph of a redhead with wavy long hair and blue eyes that a man could drown in. Who's that? Who? The gorgeous redhead in the picture behind you. Oh, that's Tracy. <gasps> You're cheating on your girlfriend with me, Charles? <laughs> I'm flattered. Please, call me Charlie. And Tracy's not my girlfriend. Actually, she's the wife. Uh, but no worries. She won't be home for a while. We've got plenty of time. The instant he heard the word wife fall from Charlie Denny's lips, Vaughn's objective became crystal clear. Along with the first rule about being prepared for anything during the initial leap-in, another aspect of that rule was if a person wasn't comfortable and relaxed in a situation, they would give themselves away every time. 
Now, knowing the lay of the land as it were, Vaughn Ricard, ever a quick study in the romance department, knew it was time to get comfortable with the situation. So, what's the story? I mean, for us being an item at the moment. Come on, Charlie. Time to fess up. Tracy doesn't know about your preferences, does she, Charlie? Uh, no. She, uh, she wouldn't understand. It's okay, Charlie. I understand. And that's all that matters. Charlie, if you knew about your preferences, why, why did you... Marry her. Did I just touch a nerve? Good. Come on. Talk to me, Charlie. Reluctant or not, when the Leaper turned his never-miss gaze on Charlie Denny, the unsuspecting man couldn't have resisted further, even if he'd been so inclined. I don't... <sighs> I didn't... No. Didn't realize until after I met you. I... I want to be with you, Nathan. Uh-oh. Charlie. Charlie, look at me. This is your first time, isn't it? Yes. The response from the objective of Vaughn's deception put a different spin on things. Dealing with it simply meant that he had to switch tactics, changing from the defensive to the aggressive. To that end, when Charlie tried to kiss him again, the Leaper turned his head so Charlie's lips brushed the side of his face, then turned back to look into Charlie Denny's eyes. What's the matter with your wife? Doesn't she satisfy you? It's not that. Then what is it? Tracy's always had a jealous streak since the day I met her. I mean... She gets jealous if another woman even smiles at me. <sighs> She's gone off screaming tears a couple of times when she thought I was looking around. Were you looking around? Yes, but not at other women. Okay, I get it now. As long as you're with a guy, me, and she doesn't find out, she stays off your back, you get your satisfaction, and everybody's happy. Right? Exactly. Everybody gets what they want. Once again, Charlie leaned closer to kiss his companion, but it was at that moment that they both heard something outside the room. Charlie, baby, are you home? The sight of Charlie Denny's face, now white as paste, told Vaughn that Tracy of the glorious red hair and luscious blue eyes was about to learn something new about her husband. An unpleasant chuckle welled up in Vaughn's throat as he prepared to move in for the proverbial kill. He was more than ready to get down to the business of ruining one Charlie Denny's life. <laughs> Guess who's home? Oh god. Oh god. What am I going to do? Oh, what's the matter, Charlie? You wanted me. You got me. So come on, Charlie. Kiss me. Nathan, no. Not now. Let me go. Let me go! Too bad, sweet Charlie. 
You're my first stepping stone to senior leaper. Vaughn used his victim's struggles to his advantage, tangling and twining his legs with Charlie's legs, one arm locked behind his waist, the other on the back of Charlie's head, not letting the kiss be broken, yet. Vaughn knew he'd recognize the instant to let go. In fact, both he and Charlie recognized that moment. It was the jewel sounds of Tracy Denny calling to her husband just as she opened the bedroom door. Charlie? Honey, are you in here? Charlie? Dreesy. What? What is this, Charlie? Is this some kind of sick joke? Oh, please, God, let this be some sick, perverted joke. Baby, please, no. Oh, yeah. This is gonna be perfect. Baby, this isn't what it looks like. It's not? Then what was it that we were doing, Charlie boy? Jeez, what a looker. She doesn't do anything for him? <laughs> Oop, that's my cue. Charlie, baby, what do you mean? You promised that she wouldn't be home for hours. And, and we've only done it once. The, that's a lie. We, we haven't done anything. Let me go. Get away from me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Damn, Charlie. Sounds like you're about to choke on your own spit. Not a chance, Doug. You are gonna help me earn the prize. Come on, lover. We both want it and we're both ready. Wouldn't you say he's ready, Tracy? No, that's not true. No, Nathan, stop it. Stop! Stop! Tracy, this isn't what it looks like. Please, don't let this come between us. It was just a mistake. A stupid, stupid mistake. Nothing more. Tracy, honey, you know I love only you. Baby, please, you gotta believe me. You know what, Charlie? I can see that you need some relief. But there'll be blizzards in hell before you ever get it from me again. So I'll just leave now, because no way in hell am I sticking around here anymore. I'll have my friends come and get my things. And you, you bastard, can go to hell with her! Tracy! Tracy, don't leave! Please, let me explain! Not so fast, lover. Tracy, don't leave me! Charles Allen Denny, have your lover! Because no one else in this complex will ever have you anymore! And I'm going to make sure that everybody, right down to the janitors, know about you! Nathan, let me go! Sorry, Charlie. No can do. Until Lothos retrieves me, I'm not finished with you yet. This time, when he grabbed hold of the man who had thought he could have his fantasy with no one the wiser, Vaughn yanked him back against his body and gave Charlie's soon-to-be ex-wife a show she would never likely forget, nor would the complex. Vaughn was familiar with Tracy Denny's type. By the time the sun rose in the morning, it would be all over the complex about Charles Allen Denny and his transgression. What are you? Oh my god! I want a divorce! Now! Right now! The shattering of the lamp coupled with his wife's demand for an immediate divorce shrieked at the top of her lungs with the straw that broke Charlie Denny's back. From one moment to the next, Vaughn felt all of the fight go out of Charlie. Releasing his grip on him, the leaper watched Charlie slump to the floor in front of him as he bawled like a baby. 
A vague sound from the open door caught Vaughn's attention. He looked up to see a couple of women peering in the door. Get a good look, ladies! The mocking comment had barely passed Vaughn's lips when he felt the tingle that indicated that he was about to be retrieved. In less time than took to think it, Vaughn opened his eyes to discover that he was once more in the accelerator chamber and, thankfully, wearing his uniform again. Without a word to the technician, he exited the chamber and returned to the lecture hall, making his transit in record time. What made it even better was when he slid through the door just ahead of Joanna Royden. The look on her face almost made him think that she was going to say something. What's the deal? Where are your manners, butthead? Please, say something. Anything. Anything at all. Thames had arrived back in the lecture hall barely ten minutes from his brief visit to the ICU when he saw both candidates come through the hall's double doors, and with Vaughan Ricard just stepping through ahead of Joanna. There was no denying that he was more than a little surprised that both had completed their challenges in well under the four-hour time allotted. The fact of both finishing so quickly only said good things about them. Giving them a chance to catch their breath, he walked around each of them, looking them up and down. Seeing the handprint on Joanna's left cheek, Thames paused close to her. Run into someone, Joanna? In here you may speak, Miss Royden. No, sir, I did not run into anyone. The slap was self-inflicted to help prove my cause, sir. It won't affect my future assignments, sir. If it did, then you've got no business in this competition. This is a competition for grown-ups. Little girls have no business here. And little boys who have to get in the last word while someone else's pants are down shouldn't be a part of this competition either. Always keep them guessing. Bitch. You've been listening to Quantum Retribution, Episode 107, What You See Isn't What You Get, featured at Darker Projects. Featured in this episode were Stephen Anderson as Tims, David Alt as Lothos and the Announcer, Robin Carlyle as Joanna Royden, Kim Giannopoulos as the School Office Receptionist, Mark Kalita as Vaughn Ricard, Natasha Lothrop as Accelerator Chamber Technician Number 1 and Female Deeper. John Lipsy as Benjamin Andrews, Damaris Mannering as Tracy Denny, Paul Mannering as Male Leaper and Accelerator Chamber Technician Number 2, Tom Nicholas as Mr. Carter, the school principal, Colin Snow as Charles Allen Denny, and Tom Davis as the production announcer. Written and produced by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Crowick. Post-production by M.J. Cogburn. Executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. Theme music is available for download at sounddogs.com. Other music composed and performed by Richard Owens and Kevin McLeod. This has been a Darker Projects production.